Hey, I'm Montel Bush, played Bobby for Obliterated, and you are now listening to Obliterated Companion. It's the password, bitch. Welcome back to another episode of Obliterated Companion. You guys got another interview here. Um, somebody that I've been chopping at the bit to speak to because it's, it's, it's one of my favorite uh, smaller characters. But, you know, you might recognize him from being one of the big motherfuckers that Trunk recognizes. Uh, we got Bobby, played by Montel Bush here. How you doing, sir? I am wonderful. I'm beautiful, man. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Got to know you a little bit here before we started uh, recording. Um, but... I got to know you. I want the audience to get to know you. Uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, young young Montel growing up in uh, Akron. Akron? Is it Akron, Ohio? Is that how you say it? Akron. Akron, Ohio. See, I knew it didn't Akron. sound right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I mean, I, I should know better. You know, LeBron comes from there. Stephen Curry. And we, we could have got yeah. future, like, football player Montel, too. You know? But, yeah, um, it's, it's all right. A lot of people a lot of people get it wrong, so it's fine. It's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. I think I, I don't think he's from Akron, but uh, CJ McCollum was he from Canton, Ohio? Is that he's from Canton. Place? I'm I'm actually originally from Canton. I just you know stay in Akron right now. But yeah, he uh, we went to two different schools. But yeah, I uh, I I played against CJ a few times in my day uh, when we were young. Okay. Uh, I wasn't very good compared to him. You know, don't don't mess around. Guy back then, though, he was little little. Yeah, yeah, I caught him before he really hit that growth spurt. <laughs> but no, it's nice, nice guy though, nice family, and uh, you know, I always enjoy spending a little time with with people from Canton like that. There's a few of them that I run into every once in a while that are just really good people. Okay, so I I don't know the geography, but um, how far uh, were you growing up from like Cleveland? Um. Okay, so Canton is about. Uh, about an hour, 15 minutes from Cleveland, um, all highway. Akron is dead set in the middle between Canton and Akron or Canton and Cleveland. Okay. So not not too far. Not yeah. Too far. Growing up, you were probably familiar with Bone Thugs and Harmony. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Thug is Bone. That's that's definitely one of my favorite groups. But I mean, I'm from the area, so. You know, there's a lot of those. I, you know, my family knows uh, like the OJs from way back in the day, and so like I, there's a lot of those groups and singers. You know, Avant, you know, from Cleveland. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of those, and I, I'm a little biased probably, but that that's okay though. Yeah, it, it's it's still kind of uh, cool to hear you know th- those stories because like. You know, obviously, I'm on I'm on the West Coast, and it's like, well, well, of course, Bone Thugs, yeah, you know, they won a Grammy, but it's still kind of nice to hear somebody from like the land and and yeah. to, to kind of hear what's the perception. Like, I mean, did these people just blow up because they were outside? But what what were the people at home thinking? Because Avant, I love like Avant's first two albums are classic oh, songs or yeah. albums. <laughs> Separated, you know, it's it's still one of my favorite breakup songs of all time. You know, oh so, yeah, very underrated. Very underrated. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think Avant um, should have been bigger than than. I I don't want it to sound like I'm kind of you know lowballing him, but like I feel he could have been much bigger. You know. Yeah, yeah, he could. Yeah. I, I think the music the music game changed a little bit 
while when he was starting to really come into his own and it started, you know, they kind of got away from more of the slower R and B to the, you know, faster pace. And then I think that's, I, I just think some, you know, it's all about timing in life. And I think, I mean, like you said, his first, I mean, he's had fantastic albums, but I just don't think a lot of people really heard, you know, just because, like I said, I think the music was changing and ears were listening to different things. Yeah, you you make a really good point. Um, that because I, I do feel like after like the second album, there was a lot more mid tempo, you know, music coming coming from him because that was yeah. kind of the thing. The 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 days of the the ninety slow jam R and B, they're gone, my friend. But uh, they're gone. They're gone. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a bunch of us still trying to keep it alive, and uh, including today's artists who are sampling said ninety yeah, all the time. Yeah, they're, they're trying to bring it back, you know. Yeah. Um, you you talk about timing is everything, man. Like I I read uh, about how you know you you played football growing up, and then you had a shoulder fracture, a shoulder blade fracture. Yeah, wild story. It was um, I I ended up tackling a friend of mine. He was a big guy himself during hitting drills, and I felt my shoulder go limp. But you know, mm-hmm. listening to you know, I'm not blaming anybody in particular, just, you know, I was being told that it was a stinger and, you know, just sit out for a little bit, you'll be fine. But it never, I didn't know that it was a shoulder blade fracture and being a left tackle, I was always taking on contact and it would just pop out of place. It would just dislocate and it was happening. Uh, if I'm being realistic, it was happening probably eight to 10 times a quarter like it was just, but I had made some mistakes when I was younger and I'm owning up to it. So if any kids or any teenagers are listening to this, please study, <laughs> not just study, but go to school. Cause I, I went to school, but up here I wasn't there and it affected my grades. So my sophomore year in high school, I was ineligible for the first 10 weeks and I did get some playoff time. But my junior year, when I broke my shoulder, it felt like I had to play because if I didn't, now I'm about to miss out a whole nother year. And your junior year is a big year for schools to um, look at you. It's huge. So um, I just felt forced like by my for myself. I really forced myself to go out there and continue to play. And uh, I can't say it was the right move or the wrong move, but. Um, still to this day, I got a little, I might wake up and it might be limp. So I tried to play in college, but you know, I kept having shoulder problems. So I, at that point I knew that I had to look into the future to do something else opposed to playing football. Cause I couldn't do it no more. I mean, that's gotta be difficult for, for, um, you can tell like the passion you have for football because you just continue to put yourself in a situation where like, I know this ain't mm-hmm. good for me, but this is what I want. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And so it's gotta be tough. Oh yeah, it, it, it was. And I, uh, but I wouldn't take it back though. Getting sports is just something that can really help. I feel like anybody, it doesn't matter, you know, gender or anything like that or whatever it, Anybody play sports, it just helps you really understand other people, how to be more social and to kind of build something that's bigger than yourself. And, you know, I, I just thought it was important for me to keep trying to play for me and my family, you know, my teammates and stuff. So I would never take it back. You know, the pain is just 
it was just then, you know, it's not now. So, but I still have the memories now though. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's important. Like you said, um, sports, I, I think is important. You, you, you learn teamwork. Um, that's, that's how, you know, you kind of learn to, so to speak, ride, ride for one another, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, like to compare it, obliterated, you know, the, the, the soldier in arms, you know, I served 10 years in the, in the military. There's guys oh, I haven't okay. seen. Yeah. I, um, I've been out at this point, 13 years. I, I served 10 years. I got out in 2010. I okay. enlisted, um, in 2000 and, and started basically training in the middle of nine 11 or it, it happened when I was wow. in basic training. Yeah. So wow. that's but, crazy. But those guys that I spent time with, whether mm-hmm. it was overseas or even here back at home, I can lose touch, but but having served that time, like there's that camaraderie, you know, yeah. and without a moment's notice, they can still call me if they need some sort of help. I mean, I may not pick up another rifle and go with them, <laughs> you know, like I think <laughs> I'm past my prime in terms yeah. of uh, physicality, but you know, there's yeah, there's just some guys like you know, that's that's that teamwork and and uh, the hardship yeah. that you kind of come to understand with uh, from an, one another. Um, well, did you have any other like type of interest like in, in school? I'm trying to figure out like the timeline when you were also uh, um, on underdogs. Um, okay, so like going off the timeline, um, I always wanted to be an actor, but from Canton, Ohio, it's not really a dream that you think that you can accomplish. Um, so I never really took it serious until later, but. After football, um, my cousin, actually, so shout out to uh, Andrew Fields. He um, had told me about a casting call for a movie filming in Canton. And I didn't think nothing about it. And he was like, well, it's a football movie. So, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, I can do this. All right. I can, with no training, I was like, all right, I can do this. And then, um, after spending about three weeks on set as just, you know, just an extra, but it was a um, football extra and we got paid to do our own stunts. I really enjoyed it. Cause I'm like, man, I'm doing what I love with what I love. And it was just a perfect match. And, and it just, it made me realize like, all right, this is what I want to do, you know, for the rest of my life. Like, this is what I want to try to do. So um, I can't say I took it extremely serious, but I knew then and there that at that moment I wanted to act like I wanted to take that serious. And but right before that, uh, I'm being honest, I, I was lost, had no clue what I wanted to do because um, I realized football was no longer on the table. So and I had stopped playing baseball um, a few years prior. And I thought about getting back into baseball because, you know, I didn't need my shoulder as much for that. But like I said, I was confused, you know, being 21, 22, you know, you're thinking that you might go pro and, you know, and then it doesn't happen and then you don't really know what you want to do. So that that's kind of what it was between 18 and like 21. That's a hard age because that's when everybody's trying to figure out life. Um a lot of situations, you know, parents are like, you're 18, see ya, <laughs> you know? Yep. <laughs> yep. You, you got to experience life now, you know? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I lived through a rough life. Now it's your turn to figure it out. But um, not, not everybody has, has parents with means that can, you know, to send you off and, and, you know, yeah. like, Hey, you're going to be taken care of. So, um, 
But it looks like, you know, you did get uh, uh, things figured out, you know, and you had a lot of obstacles that you over uh, overcame. Um, and so 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 what was that like when you made that? You say, hey, actually, you know, before you answer that, um, did you have any inspirations growing up? Was there somebody that was bankable for you? They came out with a movie. You got to go see it. Um, well, <laughs> um, if we're talking about what, who inspired me, I was probably, when it came to football, I was probably the biggest Ladanian Tomlinson fan that existed in the two thousands. Like I was such a huge fan of his. Um, and then when I started, I realized I was too big to play running back. So I started focusing on what other positions. And then luckily I, and when I, um, was in high school, I studied um, Joe Thomas, uh, left tackle for the Cleveland Browns, just inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I would just like watch his tapes and I would watch him. I would record on the old little VHS, you know, because my parents didn't have like the DVR yet. So it was, I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but that's kind of what I'm it was. You. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but so, you know, you understand it was. That was a time to be alive, but, but who really, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll say this, um, somebody who really kept me going and acting when I was about 25, I was on a movie called draft day. And again, I was an extra for, uh, as a Cleveland Browns player. And I was thinking to myself, like, man, I don't know if I really want to do this anymore. I had, you know, done it for about three or four years, haven't really gained any traction. And I was like, all right, you know, after this, I'm going to go back to school for sure. And, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to look into different jobs and like different careers. And I had ran into uh, Chadwick Boseman, who's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, rest in peace, um, mm -hmm. wonderful person. Uh, he had talked to me. Because he thought, I think he thought that I was an actual Cleveland Browns player. So, <laughs> so it's funny because he's just talking to me and, you know, he's asking questions about the Browns and stuff. And he was studying his lines. We were in like the cafeteria up at their, uh, where they work out and stuff. And they were filming. Kevin Costner was on, you know, was on set and they were doing his scenes first. So my job was to just walk back and forth and, you know, as you know, it takes a long time in between, you know, takes sometimes and different setups and different camera angles. So when I had time, I would just kind of mosey around in the cafeteria a little bit. And then he was in there and I really want to talk to him because he was just coming off of the uh, Jackie Robinson movie mm -hmm. and the uh, 42. Uh, yeah, 42. And, Love you know, I was, because I was I played baseball all my life. You know, I was a huge Jackie Robinson fan because my dad talked to me about him and, you know, his dad talked to him. So, um, yeah, and he was asking me questions. And then I was like, no, actually, I don't play for the Browns. I, you know, I'm an, I'm an extra right now. And I'm trying to, you know, he was like, oh, man. And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking about giving it up, though. You know, it's been and he just talked to me. He was just like, man, don't don't give up. You know, look at me. I've, you know, it took me a long time for me to get my career where I wanted. And so, like, to me, I. And now, like, looking back, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. but looking back, I'm like, man, it it was such a, I wish I really listened to what he was saying then, you know, because he, he knew so much. And he was such a, an intelligent man that, um, and just such an inspiration to me. And 
like I said, I wish I really paid attention a little bit more to what he was saying. Cause it was about a five minute conversation we had. And, but you know, I, so really him and a few other people like my parents and stuff, they've really kept me going in this, this, this driven dream that I'm trying to live. Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. I mean, e- even if you felt like you didn't really take the, the advice uh, back then at that time, you know, as little, um of a job as you think it may be like it's it's awesome that you found yourself still surrounded by some really great people and like you know even in hindsight you know like you can still apply that at any point doesn't mean that you need to take it right then and there everything's situational you know and it's all about the timing like you said you may not needed to take that advice at that time you know so but that's pretty amazing i i did not know that about you maybe if i did a deeper dive maybe i could have seen something you know, maybe a previous share that that you had um, been on that movie because I love I love draft day. You know, like I, I don't think I watch it often enough and I'm a nut on draft day for the NBA because I'm, I'm a big basketball fan. Yeah, uh, football is more a peripheral for me. Kind of like uh, I watch football socially, so I have to yeah. be with people. I, I can't sit there and watch it by myself. Um, <laughs> but yeah, ba- basketball is my thing. That's why when I opened up, I was all like, oh, uh, LeBron and Stephen Curry, I'll, I'll keep from yeah. that. Yeah. So, <laughs> So, I'm, so I, I I'm, I'm still a huge LeBron fan too. So I, I think so. You know, your email, you know, uh, the, your, your date of birth, it, it all comes back to 23, you know? It does. It really does. It all comes back to 23. So, so I, I guess I can't even ask you who the GOAT is, right? Because I, I feel, I feel, I don't, I don't know the answer. You know what? I, I, this is what I live by. Michael Jordan's the GOAT until LeBron retires. Only because okay. I, I believe that it's a little disrespectful to give it to give LeBron the GOAT title while he's still playing. But the moment that he calls it quits, the moment that that's it, he signs on the dotted line and he said that to me, then he's the GOAT. So Michael yeah. Jordan has the title until LeBron decides to hang it up whenever that is. Now, what about the Kobe fans? Uh, well, <laughs> listen, Kobe to me, I don't... I wonder if I get crazy on me, but Kobe, he's definitely top five for me. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I surprisingly have Shaq ahead of Kobe and people, but I only have Shaq ahead of Kobe because to me, Shaq is the most dominant player that's ever existed. I don't really care what era we're talking. I mean, there's just nobody could stop him. It doesn't matter what era it is. So, but because of the free throws and his longevity. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, because it is three thousand longevity though. He uh, he can't make goat because of it though. Yeah, um, I I do like what you said about like whatever era, right? Um, I don't I don't get into heated uh, arguments, you know, about goats and and, and what have you. Yeah. Except for my eleven year old will tell you otherwise. He'll he'll get into that with me. But like, you just watch YouTube videos. Like, I, I want you to form your own opinion based off like watching games and not somebody right. else's channel saying that this guy's to go for these reasons that's somebody else did the homework you need to do your own homework but i did hear a discussion one time people um the the people talking they were saying people need to stop saying like oh um you know uh, let, let's take Shaq for example Shaq versus like uh uh walt you know or like you know the big man it's like you you, you can't compare different era different no, players yeah. and you know different teams you know jordan had the supporting cast and you know things of that nature um but you can maybe take their accolades and and you know make that comparison but in terms of like you know yeah the eras and and their competition yeah. it, it was different like charles barkley i i'm not saying he should be like a a contender for like you know 
goat, but like he had a tough era as well. He had to go up to, against Jordan, Clyde oh. Drexler, you know. Yeah. So yeah, I've, it's just said it is interesting that, though. You know what? And I agree a hundred percent. But if we if I had something real quick to say about Charles Barkley, he to me in a positive way, he to me is probably I know that a lot of people don't have him in like their top 10 or 15, maybe even 20. But to me, he's probably top five in one of the greatest, like pound for pound, similar to like Allen Iverson, like in a way, like Charles Barkley is built, like his playing days is built similar to me. You know, 6'4", 6'5", 260, 270, 280 in that range. There's no, no way that he really should have been that talented and and that good at that in that era but i mean there really wasn't too many people back then that was to me as good as charles barkley so i don't think he gets the love because maybe the crazy things and the funny things he says on tnt now and but yeah we're talking pound for pound top five like talent i mean charles barkley has to be up there i mean he's built like a like a left guard and yet he's dropping 30 and 15 on you. And it's so to me, I, he, he deserves more love than than a lot of people back in the 90s. I think that he gets often forgot about a little bit more than my liking. I, I think so, because I don't know if he was ever like really a Batman or Robin, you know, like he was just yeah. a guy. But then you talk to uh, you talk about like somebody like a Dennis Rodman. Nobody talks about Dennis Rodman without mentioning Jordan as well, because bulls yeah. you know so nobody talks about like dennis Rodman on his own you know when he was you know people talk about detroit but like you don't hear about detroit much anymore those days no. you know so yeah 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 you definitely sound like a student uh, of the game you know well, I, I don't man, know how old you are i just know i'm older you know? <laughs> well all right so you yeah. let's, let's, so let's transition into obliterated there um so you so you do uh, a few other projects but how does something like obliterate land in your lap you know i'm not saying like you were just handed the the, yeah. the the show but like how did you book this role did your agent said hey go audition for this or did you see like a casting uh announcement somewhere um well what happened with that was is honestly that's also like a really it's a wild story but like if somebody could also use it for inspiration it let's just say that like timing is everything and i had uh auditioned for it in august my agent had uh, called me and told me that you have an audition. So, uh, and actually I ended up having three that were due around the same time and they were all about the same size of roles and stuff. So nothing too big at the time. And I was getting ready to, uh, go to New York, um, for vacation for a couple of days. Um, and it's, I, for stepping back a little bit from the moment, right before I auditioned, the, three months kind of leading up to that, I was kind of back in a, I would say a negative space about my career wasn't where I wanted it to go. Um, and I had recently had just uh, broken up with a long term girlfriend. So it was like during that summer, I was, I would say that I was eating a lot more than I should have. And uh, so it caught me at the wrong time, but at the same time, it might have caught me at a good time because when I got these auditions, I told myself, like, this is like, you got to put everything into these auditions. And it was only 
um, what you've seen in episode three was my audition. So the, you know, what's the password, bitch? And uh, I think it was uh, the, the money's all there. Those were that was the audition. And my agent had told me, like, it's a co-star role. I had just moved back to Ohio. But so when she said, um, you're going to need to uh, be in Albuquerque, though, and you're going to have to stay like you're going to put yourself up. And I was like, and you're going to find a way to get out there. So I was like, all right. Um, This was after I got the role. And I was actually thinking that I might not take it because at the time, I really didn't know if I really wanted to spend, you know, a thousand dollars flying out there and getting a room or an Airbnb. So, but I said, you know, I'm going to do it. My parents really helped me like make that decision to go. So, you know, a lot of credit to them. Um, So I went out there and like I said, I put myself up. It was just supposed to be a co-star role, nothing big. And, you know, I flew back and I was like, okay, this is my first like, like major network thing. So I was like, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm gaining a little bit of traction here. I'm going to really kind of piggyback off that. Now I'm feeling good. You know, I hit the gym and stuff again, because normally I'm always in the gym. Like I said, that summer I wasn't really, but um, they ended up messaging me again, uh, probably two weeks later and it said that um you know pretty much we want you back for the last couple of episodes and you know at that point i was like you know i was up here you know i was just high like i was feeling so good and it was really a so me making that decision to go was just it was such a blessing in disguise because i was going to do what i could even if i didn't get called back for the last couple of episodes so um, I ended up going there, um, doing what I had to do. I had to actually fly myself back out the, uh, back in Albuquerque. But, um, but when we did Vegas though, they flew me out and put me up and, you know, I was uh, considered a guest star at the time. So they, you know, you get a little bit better treatment that way. You know, and that's what I love about hearing these stories because, there's uh, there's people I've interviewed where they're like, I had one episode and they liked me so much. They wrote me more, you know, yeah. and so that, you just never know, you know, and it's almost serendipitous that you're like, you know, because if you went with something else, you don't know where it would have got you. You know, you yeah. and you might have just done the whatever episodes that was required of those, of those characters. Right. This one, Bobby, you you go in for like one episode, maybe they're like, Man, we like Montel so much. We, we got to bring him in for a couple more episodes, you know, like. When I watched it the very first time, just to kind of process everything, I saw Bobby and I was like, this guy, this guy uh, like commands uh, attention. Like he walks into the room and like your your eyes is just on him. Was that your hairstyle already uh, in, in the show or is that something they, they gave you like a bit of a faux hawk? Was that already your thing? That was uh, <laughs> that's actually a hairstyle that my uh, father had dubbed. My, my dad's a, um, a barber. So I have a. I actually can't remember the name of like the disease, but I get like hair bumps mm-hmm. in the back. So they scar a little bit. So when I was younger, I would, you know, it was really just a high top fade kind of I was keeping, but I decided to grow it thicker. So it wouldn't be so scarred. Cause I'm a little bit more self-conscious about it. Cause it's, it's, you know, it's a little scarring back there, but the bumps are still there. And until they find the right treatment, I was like, I'm going to go with, you know, with, 
thicker hair, but at the same time, I didn't want to, you know, uh, an afro because I, I did that. I lived that life before and <laughs> it's just too hot. I don't I really didn't want a whole afro again or, you know, braids or anything like that or dreads. So. But yeah, this is my normal hair. Well, I don't know if you can tell. You probably can't tell, but it's I have actually I have my my handy dandy uh, tennis racket thing that's, you know, you just add a little bit of uh, some curls in there. And, you know, so actually the the Frohawk, it was their idea. But the curls, I used to keep curls in my hair, though. OK, I you know, like I, I don't it. I don't watch a whole lot of other television, but uh, your look is unique. The hair and the shirt that I'm assuming it's Frank that put you in, you know, or yes. you know, yeah. the, I just I, I love Bobby's shirts, you know, like it, it's just it, it's a great look for for a character that we don't see often enough. So maybe that's why I don't like we need to bring Bobby back, you know, for these maybe, couple, you know. Like, like couple episodes. I'm, I'm still alive. So, yeah, <laughs> yes, you, you know. are. You're still alive. It's <laughs> like, hey, no body. You're not dead, you know, so. Yeah, you know, whatever that's, that's the big okay. three decide to do, you know, but I'm all I'm all for it. And um, like I said, I, I had a wonderful experience working with, you know, all of them. So, I mean, they're really nice, terrific guys. So um, I worked with Josh on um, was it episode seven or eight? Uh, he directed eight. Um, John were, and Hayden directed yeah. seven. Yeah. Yeah. But they're all they're always there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all. Yeah, they're yeah. always there, of course. So. So in in uh, episode three, uh, I spoke with uh, Joelle, and um, in in this sequence, uh, we got Ava and McKnight running up the stairs, going up elevators, and all that stuff. You're in there with the uh, cauliflower ear guy, um, <laughs> but also like, what is filming like? Because they're going into all these different rooms. We we see at one point Ava and McKnight go into this like sex room. You know, like everyone's yeah. just like <laughs> do it at all. Did you know that was going on at the same time? You know, like filming or how how was that all done? Um, so I believe that they had filmed the the sex room scene a different day. Okay, and uh, because if I knew, I probably would have stuck my head in to see what was happening. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, um, filming that scene was. It was such a wild because I didn't know really what I was supposed to do. Um, it was like when we opened the door, the first thing you see when the gun comes out, um, I remember the first thing, some things it's like you don't think it's hard to do until you have to do them. And it's funny because like the fans would never, the fans of the show would never think about it because they just assumed that I opened the door and that's how it worked. But the door was really heavy. So like when you would open the door, the door would kind of slam back and it would, you know, hit me and it would like jar me, jar the gun. So we had to, well, I didn't have to, they had to um, build a wedge. So I had to open the door just hard enough so it can stick in the wedge so I can get my line out. And I'd probably say after nine or 10 takes, I, I the first couple of takes were really good, but you know, they always went better. So they kept doing it, but then the door, it just wouldn't stick. So we eventually, I finally got one last good one in and I actually think that's the one they went with. But like, like looking back, I'm like, why well, was opening a door so hard? Because it was just like, cause I had to open it up 
and then stick my gun, stick, you know, then stick my hand out, which was holding the gun, which was my right hand. So it was just like the little things like that was weird because, like I said, the door was heavy. So I had to open it with my right hand, then stick the gun out real quick. And it was you, just a lot of switch hands, over. right? What'd you say? You said because you got to switch hands, so you got to open up the door. And then and then where, where was the gun when you had to open up the door with your right hand? The gun, because I'm trying to think, because they filmed his angle first. So when they filmed his front angle, I used in my right hand. Right. So they had to keep, for continuity reasons, they had to keep it in my right hand. So when I opened the door, I would open the door with my left hand and kind of like okay. hit it with my elbow real quick and stick the gun out. And like, but I had to make sure that it's stuck in the wedge, but not make too much noise. You know what I mean? So that way, it, you know, because it would just ruin the take if it's too, too loud. So like trying to find the proper, I would say that I was, <laughs> I was so a little stressed out trying to get, and it's funny because it's just something that small was like so difficult to do for some reason. Yeah. I mean, like you said, it's a heavy door. I, I wish I could see like a, not even a blooper, but just like somebody else's angle of, of, of that shot. And just to see yeah. you try to open up the door with your left hand and stuff. I oh, like I'm, that. I'm sure there's one out there. I'm sure there's one out there for sure. Yeah. So uh, episodes uh, seven and eight, where we see uh, Bobby again, uh, one is like outside uh, of the Vegas. Uh, it, it, there's another one where um, there's Bobby and, and Anastasia, right? Where she pays them. Yeah, more money. You're right, right. And I, I forget. There's a line something about raining in Vegas. Yes. Uh, what did she say? She said, "Save it for a rainy day." And I believe I say, "The only thing that rains in Vegas, or money's the only thing that rains in Vegas." And I'm thinking about putting that on a shirt or something. You know, <laughs> it, it's a good line. It's a good yeah. line. Um, I don't have the the writers uh, memorized in terms of uh, which episodes. I only know like a few who who wrote which episode. Well, actually, episode seven that might have been John Josh and Hayden. I feel. Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, um, I think the last two were. Yeah, yeah. I could be mistaken, but uh, variations of those three, obviously. But um, yeah, it's it's a good line. It needs to be on a shirt. So Frank, Frank, get on it. You know. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, it's got to be see on Bobby a shirt again. for sure. <laughs> you know. Um, like so, can you can you talk about like uh, filming that, and then we'll just also add in like um, you know the the Vegas stuff where where like Bobby has to send a text message like game, is it game on or it's it's on or because uh, you probably didn't text it for real, did you? No, I didn't. No, it's um, I think it was it's go time. I want to say go time. That sounds right. Go time. Yeah, uh, but uh, so you, had to, you had to you had to fake it. You just yeah. He was like he was like yeah just just uh. They told me to just type three small uh, words. Just like any, it didn't matter what it was. Just three small words. Do it, and then you know, look up, and that was it. That that's that's what they told me to do. So hopefully, I was able to pass that test a little bit and make it more so. believable. Yeah, I I think that was like the first image or footage that was quote unquote leaked of obliterated is is yeah. is, is um. I think from like across the street, somebody had taken a picture of like a bunch of people and an explosion, you know, on that corner. Yeah. So had no idea that was going to be in one of the, the later episodes, you know, pretty much kind of it's it's like the big the the, the, the big sequence, like uh, at the end of, of that episode, I feel. Kind yeah, of. it was um, a lot of going on. 
it was a lot going on those last few scenes uh being on set and watching them do it because uh i was on set probably two or three days and they couldn't get to my my scene so uh because my scene i think was probably the last scene they ended up filming at that particular location and uh so watching them for two or three days for one it was just like it was like magical to kind of see that many people the extras the crew you know everybody involved the cast and watching it kind of all come together and but you know funny story when i was standing on the side uh i had seen people on a boulevard probably two lanes from you know the uh the, sh the corner and they were staring they're like man no that's him that's definitely him and i'm thinking to myself like well i don't know what they would know me from so i'm like they can't be talking about me and, they, and then i heard somebody say the big guy look over here he said hey tyler and then i had to yell out and say i am not tyler perry i had to yell it about three different times <laughs> in the middle <laughs> it was just funny because like i had to i had to scream it over you know hundreds of you know extras and just onlookers and i mean it, obviously everybody thought it was pretty funny but for me i'm just like i've been getting that comparison for the last 10 years on and off so okay i mean i never would have came up with that myself i could kind of see it but you guys are both tall guys I, yeah. right? tyler perry's also very tall from from what i understand yeah yeah so that, that some idea. <laughs> you know so that, like, that was a funny story have you ever uh, cosplayed as Medea? <laughs> I've, I've been asked that and uh uncle actually, joe maybe there's actually i had an audition where i ended up uh needing a wig and i got some glasses and i'm dressed like an old lady i forget what the name of the film is i'm sure to be out at some point but um Obviously, I didn't get the role, but the audition, I was like an old black woman, but it was a uh, spoof of the uh, Medea films. Well, okay. So, and it was, and I seen like the uh, cast list later on. It's a pretty decent cast list for sure. So, it's a, uh, I wasn't sure how big the project was going to be, but after seeing the cast list, it's good size. It's good yeah. size, but yeah, I there's a picture spooks. out there of me in a wig and glasses and stuff somewhere. <laughs> I need to see that. I need to see it. <laughs> it didn't happen unless you share it, Martel. If I find it, I'll send it to you. If I find it, please I'll send do. It to please you. do. And I won't share without your permission. But I think that needs to be seen, <laughs> especially when people hear this story. That's that's amazing. Oh. <laughs> um, so, uh, what was the temperature like when you guys were filming episode seven? Um, it wasn't too bad coming from ohio um but i could tell that people from the west it wasn't a fan it was probably in the uh i'll say during the day it was probably in the low 60s bad. no no yeah. and then you know it was it probably worked its way down to about 50 in the mid 50s somewhere but you know there was a the wind though would blow and you know that so like if you've seen the pictures out there with all of them having the nice white coats that kept them nice and warm uh i didn't get the white coats i got the black coat but it's it's all right though their their coats was real real nice <laughs> and i, I bet I, it kept them very warm 
I'm sure it did. I, I think I know which one you're talking about, but like it's probably yeah. also that thing where they, they want to like, where, where's the main cast at? Boom, the white coats, you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. It's, like, it's easier to kind of spot them when they're not filming. I think um you, you'd be surprised how many people like kind of uh, leak and share things because I I'm pretty sure most sets are like, no, don't don't take no pictures or, or film anything. I have, I have found some stuff on TikTok. People were just like, yeah, I was on set. This is what I filmed, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it was, it was a lot of that going i mean but if it's people onlookers filming it's really not much you can do if you're on a public street you know what i mean like it's it's not a lot that you can do then and so i'm actually surprised i haven't seen as many videos or photos from set the set on those days because it was a lot of onlookers so um but yeah, yeah you know a lot of the cast took a lot of pictures and you know i think that that's I understand it. Some things can't be filmed and stuff, but I think if you're offset, you know, I, I really don't see a super problem with it. I think it helps create like a backstory, memories, all those things, you know, the, the behind the scenes shots and stuff like, I don't know. I just, I love looking at all those things and, you know, you see the pictures of like Terrence and Shelly together and it's like, it makes it feel like it was more of a family putting something together than just a bunch of actors who came together for a job, you know? Oh, absolutely. And like, I, I, I love the pairing that you just kind of gave an example for. We don't have, I don't think we have any like really great moments, if any, between Trunk and Ava, right? No, They're in scenes think- together. They don't share moments really. And to yeah. see like um one picture that comes to mind, is when they're on the party bus and it looks like Shelly is sitting like next to Terrence and it's just like, well, that's sweet. You know, that's, that, that, that's yeah. awesome. You know, because we, we don't see them on screen back close or sitting together like that. So it is yeah. kind of nice. As you, as you said, you know, like it's, it's like a family um, on, on the, on the uh, topic of trunk, you know, Terrence, uh, let's, let's talk about the fight scene in the, uh, in the kitchen. <laughs> um, well, you know what? Um, just small sidetrack leading up to that uh, fight scene was the second time I went out to Albuquerque and I was, uh, it's hard to think about it sometimes. Cause it's like, it's such a bittersweet moment in my life. Cause you know, I filmed episode three, but when I got called back, that was like the real excitement I got. And then when I found out that my role is not as uh, painted dry as, the original because I, I don't know if they knew what they were going to do with Bobby, but me just being a big guy and scary was like, that was his personality. So when I was brought back and I read and I was like, Oh, they're opening up a little bit more personality for Bobby. I can kind of do something different with it. Um, and they had a lot of fun with uh, making me more and more uh, less tough as I would think um, throughout the uh throughout the uh the se- the season but um but heading I, w- I woke up that morning and my mom had texted me that my grandma had passed and leading into it so like I, I felt like I probably could have did a better job I think as as an artist of anything you always feel like you probably could have done something better but I felt like the lines I ran and everything probably could have done a little bit better in my mind at least because i felt like i wasn't fully focused on it because you know a few hours earlier i was just told my grandma had passed and you know she was 99 and you know she was suffering from dementia so like i i understood that the time was coming soon 
So it wasn't like it was a big surprise. Okay, I'm back. It wasn't like it was a big surprise, but it was just like, you know, it catches you off guard a little bit. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, you know, I just feel like I wasn't as focused as I probably could have been for that, that scene, but to turn it back to a, uh, to a broader note, that scene was one of the funnest scenes to film and to watch, like to watch all the whole stunt team and Terrence just absolutely kill it. And for him to remember all the choreography and everything is just so, you know, shout out to Terrence for having a way better memory than me. Um, but I wish, you know, I didn't get knocked out so fast. I would have liked to have another shot at him. But because um, originally they didn't, they weren't sure how they wanted me to fall. And, you know, I was up for anything, uh, whatever they wanted to do to the character. Um, first, they were going to toss me over something and then they were going to kick me over something. And then they ended up landing on to make, you know, everything work to make it like that. So it was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. You're going to do your choreography, but you're going to get kicked and you go that way. We want you to tear everything down. Not me, of course. My stunt ended up doing that. He did a great job. So shout out to him as well. But um, like I said, it was definitely to watch that on the sidelines is definitely one of the funnest scenes I've ever got to witness. I was going to ask you because like earlier um, you had mentioned that you were able to do your own stunts for whichever the project was. I don't, I don't know if it was underdogs or a draft day, but uh, both actually. Oh, okay. I was able to do yeah. It. So I was going to ask if you got to perform your own stuff for obliterated too. So it's like, you could always go into stunt performance too, you know, where like, yeah. you're, you're the stunt guy that also delivers the lines, you know, because I've spoken to some of them. I had no idea that that was a thing. I just assumed either you're an actor or you're a stunt person. I had no idea that stunt performers were also a thing. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm all key for, it, you know, for sure, especially anything sports wise. I definitely would love to enjoy to do anything stunt. It was definitely very fun, but I'm not, I wouldn't say this. I'm not a, a Tom Cruise kind of stunt guy though. I'm not, I don't know who is. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not falling from a building. I'm not jumping. I'm not doing the uh, parachuting or anything like that. Cause I don't, I'm not a huge fan of heights. I hate flying. So I probably won't be doing all of that, but you know, anything on the ground, you know, I'm game for. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the fight sequence, sequence, I, I just, it, it was definitely one of those, um, stand up and cheer moments for trunk because like, yeah. the man just wanted to eat, you know, and I feel <laughs> that sequence yeah. was earned you know we we were really working up to to that uh momentum you know and so so he, he really went all out for that um i'm trying to think oh yes and then, then the last time we see bobby as as far as i can remember is the sequence where he runs into uh ava and mcknight um uh can you uh, before you talk about that that sequence did you have a backstory for bobby did you come up with one yourself like where was bobby I- before all of this I came up with one when they brought me back on when they had me before, like I said, it was just a co-star role. My agent told me that it was a a one-off, a one and done. So I think, you know, I think it was a surprise to both of us that I was called back, but um, since I only had the two lines, I just, I played it straight up. Like this is, he's a tough guy. You know, he's, you know, the the boss's number one man, right-hand man. So I just played it like that. Didn't really give him too much personality or anything because I figured two lines, 
you know, what, you know, what really could I do with those particular lines? Um, but when they called me back and, you know, I was going through the lines, going through the scenes and realizing that, okay, I can come up with a little bit of a backstory, which, you know, I, you know, I, after this, after I seen what they were trying to do with Bobby and realized, okay, so he's not as tough as he looks, you know, as he tried to portray himself. So, you know, I gave myself a little backstory to try to play in those hands. Like I'm kind of unwillingly part of this life. And oh, yeah, but you know, I didn't try to delve too deep, but deep enough to give myself a little bit more personality to the character, you know. Um, yeah, I think um, I think Bobby's uh pretty playful. Uh, when we first see him, you know, uh, asking what's the password, bitch, like this this guy who he doesn't even recognize, he's not you know frightened, right? Like the, yeah. the, the, the OG guy with like a messed up ear, I, I would be scared. You know, I and would, maybe, yeah. you know, but <laughs> but maybe Bobby is joking, you know, as like a defense mechanism, right? Like if if I'm joking, he's not going to be so hard on me. So I'm going to, you know, like he's putting on a little bit. So I, I think you could kind of tell a lot just by that one line and, and the yeah. interaction. So to kind of like uh, uh, skip forward to his interaction with Ava, she's an intelligence officer, um, you know, and so like she she's very good at reading people. And so, you know, yeah, she kind of like pegs him as like, you probably have never killed before and you're more of a bruiser, you know? So yeah. I don't think that's be like, that's, that's not to kind of like, it, she's just like, look, nobody wants to get hurt right now. You know, like you don't want to die. You probably never killed. I have, let's just let me go kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, how was uh, filming th that day? Was that uh, as simple as it kind of looks because it's just like conversational or, um, you know, any details you can give on that? Uh, for that particular scene, um, I had an idea of what I wanted to do going into it, but I didn't know how their like vibe energy was going to be. So I, I seen that they were playing it different than what I was running it in my head because, you know, at this point I haven't actually really worked with them on set. So like, I don't really know what their characters are like and I, you know, so I really didn't know if they were going to be kind of more high, strong and energetic or how they played it. And so, you know, they played it tired because they were throughout the day. So um, I ended up changing it up a little bit and I came back down. So I tried to do more of the, like you said, the more playful joking around type, because, you know, in my mind, I'm like, Bobby, he just, you know, we're coming off the scene with uh, uh, Lana and, and, you know, we're doing like a, I feel like I'm getting one over on her, you know, because like I'm getting this money, but I'm not actually about to really try to stop anybody too much, right. you know, because it's like kind of what I would do in real life. Like I'm not about to just like be fighting these, you know, the, the American forces just, you know, like so I kind of played it like that. But I kind of thought that like in my character thing, I kind of thought that I can get away with just being tough, having these tough guys behind me. And, you know, we could kind of punk them out. But as he turns, you know, they had a little bit of something to say. I get punked out. And, you know, I've been uh, I've received some messages from some from some family and some friends that because uh, I originally told them that my character was a real tough guy. But, you know, but playing it that way, uh, I just thought, I don't know, you know, I'll say this, too. Um, it was a pleasure definitely working with Nick and Shelly for sure. 
Uh, I told Nick that like the year before, you know, I was on the couch eating chicken nuggets, watching, you know, Legends of Tomorrow. You know, I seen them on it. And I'm like, damn, a year later, you know, you know, I'm working with them now. So and, you know, I was a uh, me and my sister watched a lot of Team Wolf back in the day. So, you know, I was definitely fans of both of them. So it was definitely a pleasure to work with with them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's going to be wild. I, I actually um, uh, I had seen a show that Nick was on called uh, Minority Report with Megan Good. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I, like I don't too. remember him from from that one. But I mean, I might have been watching it for Megan Good. You know, that was but, probably why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that, that might be it. So, because when I was doing my research, I was like, okay, well, I, I recognize him from from you know the superhero stuff, but I that, that wasn't my thing. You know, um, again, like uh, honestly, ever since Cobra Kai twenty eighteen, like everything else has been on the back burner for me. Right, I, I just yeah. casually watched things if I had the time. For, for me, it was always research, networking, you know, as I do, you know, we, you and I, we've had many interactions on, on, on the gram, you know, before we actually yeah. locked in a date and time kind of thing. So that's what I was always doing, but I was a little like, man, I, I actually watched the entire season of minority report before they didn't get picked up for the back half or I, I forget the situation, but I, I don't, I don't remember him. And he was, I think it was like at least the billing, you know? So, but, yeah. uh, but I had, you know, been familiar with him in like, you know, screenshots of him in 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 the 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 the, the, the superhero outfit, and I knew Shelly was yeah. in Team Wolf, but that's not a show that I watched. I, I watched the OG movies, so I think for me, it's kind of nice not knowing them from like anything else because I feel there might be some some sort of baggage, you know. So I'm I'm almost coming yeah. in with these everybody being like kind of just brand new faces for me. So yeah, I think that yeah. helps out. Yeah, it's Even, definitely nice. Even with Paula, like uh, I know she's in Walking Dead, but I stopped watching that probably like two, three seasons before she came on it. You know, like, yeah, same. Yeah. I started watching when I when I was talking to her. I uh, I told myself, you know what, I'm gonna go and and watch her season. So I did watch one of them. Um, I'm gonna have to get back on it again because uh, I think it just they, did. They just come out with a new season. They might. Um, you know, they have like so many different spinoffs now, but but I yeah, did hear. Like the main show before it ended, I hear I heard that it did get, you know, it be, it, it got good again, because I'll yeah. I'll, I'll fall off because I'm like man, they're just really stretching this out. Um, yeah, that's what it felt. Well, once Glenn was gone, I, I I lost interest. I was like man, that was my guy. Yeah, I lasted about <laughs> a season after Glenn. <laughs> myself, I think it was maybe a season and a half for me. That was that was about yeah. it. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was tough. It was tough, but yeah, yeah. Well, tell us as we get ready to wrap up. Is there any other stories uh, you, you could think of you you, you want to share uh, from filming on set? Uh, you know, I'm sure I'll probably have plenty after we get off. You know, what I mean, nothing's coming to mind that was just like right now. But like I said, I'm sure that there's something in there. So we'll have to get back together another time and For sure and, and wrap up a little bit. Let me ask you uh, this one last thing. Uh, you you had mentioned like uh, you know you had gotten some texts and, and things like that from like friends and family what what is like uh like the funniest thing that somebody sent you while they were watching you on uh on obliterated all right so um i'd probably say the one that made me laugh for sure was somebody a friend of mine had sent a voice message and was like you let that big motherfucker whoop your ass. <laughs> That's and I was just like, oh man, like, oh man. It, it was just like the way because I wasn't anticipating it, 
because it was like right after the show it came out it's probably like seven in the morning and you know i got up and watched of course my scene my episodes and then i went right to sleep and i was like i'm gonna watch it when i get up again so when i got up i had a bunch of messages so i went through that one it was a voice message so i didn't think that about it because you know i never i don't really receive voice messages like that through you know text and when i got it i was just like it just made me laugh like internally and externally so hard because it was so unexpected but you know all love to all the people who have messaged me and i i tried to i tried to do a little bit more they weren't having it they wanted trump to to whoop my ass so you know shout out to shout out to terrence he got one up on me um i i couldn't get a like a good like perception between uh, like with you guys next to each other you mentioned you're about six four six five how tall is terrence yeah. Uh, Terrence is probably Terrence had me by about an inch. Okay, I would say he's probably yeah about an inch taller than me. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's bigger. Like, what, what, what can you say at that point? But you yeah, know, you know, yeah. Maybe the shade is like this man had had no food. <laughs> you know, in no the last food. few hours. Yeah, he, he got probably you know, he got, well he got, rested. Yeah, you know, I, I probably well definitely then. I weighed more. I probably at the time was around 285 and I'm about 265 now. So I was, yeah, I was a little heavier than him. I probably should have grabbed him and failed. That's, that's the right move. That probably should have bear hug and fall. You know what I mean? But okay. I threw a, a bad punch and, and got knocked out. Well, I'll, I'll remember that next time. I want to take someone down bigger than me. Just, just grab them and fall. Grab them and fall. That's yeah. it. <laughs> All right, Montel. Uh, what, if you welcome the interaction, where can people uh, follow you on social media? Check out some of your posts. You know, if, if you're willing to share uh, some of that information. Uh, well, you know what? It's uh, I need to be better on social media. My agent keeps telling me that. Same thing with my family. So you will start to see more posts from me. Um, but you can find me though at uh, Tell the Actor or Montel Bush on Instagram and Twitter and. Uh, uh, I don't really use Facebook anymore. So, you know, a little bit. It's for like family, personal. Yeah. But true. yeah, you can find me there, though. And so for people that use Instagram, it's E-E-L, the actor. Tell the actor. Yeah. Not, not, yeah, yes. yeah. If, there's, if there's any confusion, if they couldn't find you. Uh, but for people that are still on the gram, you can find me at Companion Network, or, uh, where I share posts from all the other things that I do. But Obliterated Companion is where uh, I'll be sharing everything Obliterated uh, related, obviously. So uh, I want to thank Montel for joining me, sharing amazing stories. Hopefully there's some inspirational stuff in there. I was inspired oh, cool. by a lot of the stuff there. Um, it did I not see that. a chat a chat with Bozeman story coming. You know, did not see <laughs> yeah. that one. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's that's that's something special there. But um, thanks for uh, everybody for tuning in to this interview, and I'll catch you guys next time. All right, have a good one. This has been a production of the Companion Network.